When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, hello. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. And Bo, we knew it was coming, but we got him anyway. The compensatory picks oh, man. Redbirds have been dished out. It's like Christmas came early here. Some more draft capital for Mr. Monty Austin Ford. That's right. Monty Austin Ford's got to be pumped up that they officially have three more picks to add to their 2023 draft haul. And he's, he's elated. I'm sure he's ecstatic that the Cardinals are going to add a third. Thanks to Christian Kirk. They're going to add a fifth. Thanks to Chandler Jones and a sixth. Thanks to Chase Edmonds, who did absolutely nothing in the 2022 season, but the Cardinals are going to get a pick for him anyways. So it goes from five picks to eight picks, and it's a pretty decent haul going into a rebuild year for a brand-new general manager, Johnny. Uh, Producer Leah, can we see uh, Mr. Jacobs' phenomenal compensatory pick graphic, please? And uh, this is only going to get more robust, uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about here. In the coming weeks, in the coming month, the Arizona Cardinals right now, as Bo mentioned, have eight picks, but... Uh, that's going to go up. That's going to go up to, I would imagine, double digits after the DeAndre Hopkins pick alone or the trade alone that we're going to talk about later. And then also, inevitably, if they're able, Bo, to trade down from pick three in the NFL draft. But I look at those those first four picks. If I'm getting picks inside the top 100, those have yeah. to be starters. Um, and you can, you can argue, well, 34, three, maybe 66, those need to be plus starters. But I need to start building out the middle and the top end of this roster with those four picks. Like ideally in a perfect world, all those guys are starting by the end of year one, maybe not to start, maybe pick 96. If they make it doesn't have a starting job until the end of the year, mm -hmm. but you don't draft guys that pick 96 to be backups. I, I you know, Josh Jones is finally going to get to play this year. You would have liked that. He played sooner. David Johnson, late third Brown pick once upon a time, took the starting job. Same with him. Yeah. On Brown, you want your top three picks to become starters immediately. Yeah, it's a new day for Arizona Cardinals fans because if we were saying this and Steve Kime was your general manager, I don't think that that's very realistic, right? I mean, no. you'd be lucky if you hit it in the first round to find somebody that was going to be an impact maker or starter in the second round. He had a little bit more success there. Uh, but as far as third round, it started to hit kind of a, a lottery ticket scenario for Kime where 
either hit and you found your John Brown, your David Johnson, or you got your Chad Williams, a guy who wasn't even invited to the combine that just didn't pan pan out as a wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, you hope. Uh, I will say this. This does nothing for our podcast listeners, but Monty Austinfort, he looks like Johnny Venerable when he found out that his kid was on spring break. <laughs> he does not look like he's overcome with excitement in our draft picks, comp- compensatory draft picks graphic here. <laughs> he he looks he looks a little underwhelmed, if I would say anything, but this well, isn't he's, decent at all. He's looking at San Francisco getting three compensatory <laughs> oh, picks. Oh, man. Please go. And he's like, what the shit is this about? <laughs> but no, my son brought it. He's on spring break. He brought his school recorder home, and he's been playing a bunch of what he calls music and songs that they have in their class. But that that remains to be seen. But uh, what does not remain to be seen is the Cardinals. They're loading up. We've been we've been teasing this for about a month. This is where the Cardinals want to be living. They want to be the Baltimore Ravens of compensatory picks. They could have some more coming their way next year, depending on what happens with a couple of key free agents, Bo. And let's start with one, uh, Byron Murphy. There was a p- report earlier today from Tom Pelissaro, a little nugget, tasty nugget yeah. from NFL.com that says, hey, Byron Murphy, you didn't finish the year last year. That's okay. Here's $16 million. Tom Pelissar projecting that he could gain a contract on a year annual basis up to $16 million. And again, I think a lot of Cardinal fans would balk at this if we didn't just see what happened with Christian Kirk last year. But I'm telling you right, right now, it feels like a scenario in which the Cardinals want Byron on their team, but you've got these teams like the Chicago Bears that have $100 yeah. million in cap space, Bo. They do. They can make it rain salary cap dollars. They have an abundance of salary cap money to spend. The Arizona Cardinals have a decent amount after they've released, chosen Robbie Anderson. He's no longer a member of the organization. And you anticipate a uh, Rodney Hudson move coming shortly because he's got to be off the roster before he gets that roster bonus later this month. I believe Howard Baltzler told me it's got to be like March 19th. Uh, so the Arizona Cardinals are going to continue to, tr- you know, trend upwards as far as cap dollars, maybe around thirty million dollars, thirty million plus. But when you look at a guy like Byron Murphy, and congrats on him about to secure the bag, much like his former teammate and Christian Kirk last offseason, yeah. getting seventeen million dollars per season on average from the Jacksonville Jaguars, that had a lot of people kind of scratching their head. That is, uh, that's a luxury that teams with an ample amount of cap space have, right, to yeah. make. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion, do not have that luxury. Uh, the ship has sailed on their ability to re-sign a player the caliber of Byron Murphy. And when you say the caliber of Byron Murphy, I say he's a good NFL corner. He's a good NFL corner. He's not great, right? Like Christian Kirk last year, after four years playing in the NFL, no thousand-yard receiving seasons, but you saw some a lot of good things from him. He flashed, but you didn't see the maybe the consistency that you wanted. Uh, but you know, you don't have that ample cap space. He was he missed one game before this season, really, in his NFL career before playing in nine uh, in 2022. His his contract year, and in those nine games, he played well. He had some some moments where he played against Devontae Adams. He shut down some big time receivers. But if you look at the numbers as a whole, you still see completion percentage against him over 65 percent. He gave up four touchdowns. Wasn't great in the red zone. So it's like okay. He's good. It would have been nice if you locked up this good NFL corner for the future, but you didn't, and now you're staring down a rebuild. You just don't have the luxury to overspend on a good player. Um, nine games played this season, 16 last year. He had a better season last year, obviously, with the four picks. That was a career high. The time, if you were going to sign him, was last offseason. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to get out in front of this. I'm going to sign Byron. We're going to give him a, a nice contract. We had him on our draft party last year. He said all the right things. He was 23 years old last year. He said, I want to stay in Arizona. I want to be a Cardinal. And the Cardinals said, no, we're not going to spend any money, not only on you, Byron, but nobody else. We're going to reward players like DJ Humphreys and Marcus Golden, who are actively holding out during training camp. But this just brings up a philosophical problem with, with what Kime did, the drafting and not developing of these young players. So if you go back to 2019, it was Kyler Murray's rookie year. It was Byron Murphy, Zach Allen. They were all rookies together. Mm-hmm. They all should have been playing 100% of the time. Yeah. Byron missed yeah. time here and there. But mm-hmm. Vance Joseph, they lost Robert Alford. They had to put Byron out there. He struggled, but he got better. So what did Vance Joseph do the next year? <laughs> um, he started them in seven out of 16 games. Right. Let me repeat that. Byron, as a rookie, started 16 games. And how we, was he rewarded? He was sat for nine games the next season. That's where the Cardinals, Kime, Cliff, Vance, they fuck this up. So I hope <laughs> Byron has success. It's just like how they messed up Christian Kirk. Christian exactly. Kirk should have, been, should have been a slot receiver from day one. But I, with all due respect to Larry Fitzgerald, they catered to Larry Fitzgerald in his later years. And they said, Christian, go be an outside receiver. And he's like, okay, well, at least I get to play. Then what happened the last year that Christian Kirk was an Arizona Cardinal? He played in the slot. And he had a, a great year, and he built off of that in Jacksonville. Had a thousand yard receiving season. This is this is the biggest issue with the Cardinals when they even they get a talented player like a Reddick, like a Christian Kirk, like a Byron Murphy. They don't know what to do with it. It's like that scene from Tommy Boy. It's my pretty new pet, and I just <laughs> and he just go and they rip it apart, and then another team goes and they put it back together, right. and they get those peak years. Somebody's gonna go. Like Byron may never be an all pro, but like, would it shock you, Bo, in the next three years? He makes a pro bowl. He's a nice player. He's long. He's young. He's in the peak of his powers in, in, in his mid 20s. It just, for me, it, it like Monty and Gannon should not get the shit for this. They might right. from Cardinal fans saying, go and go pay for a do. They didn't draft these guys. They're trying to clean up this mess. This is the lingering stench of what Steve Kime and the prior regime did to the Cardinals. And we just, we got, we got to wait it out. These are not yeah. their guys. We got to wait it out. Well, I mean, they're going to have to pay for the sins of their predecessors. No right. doubt about it. But as far as the blame, yeah, they, they don't need to take the blame for the sins of the predecessor, Steve Kime in, in the front yeah. office that dropped the ball several times as far as players that they didn't know enough about to make a determination of whether they wanted to lock them up long-term. And and that's where you kind of, Monty Austin Ford's probably staring at this and looking at the film and saying, Byron Murphy's a good football player, but do I have the do I have the cap space? Do I have the the ability to go out there and overspend, like say a team like Chicago on a good cornerback? No, he doesn't. He he has he has a lot more roster pressing issues. Now they have to rebuild the cornerback room on, uh, immediately. All you really have is Marco Wilson in that room. I was talking to a couple of their new coaches today. You look at the linebacking core, you look at the cornerback room, and it's you got one player. In each of those rooms, that's a third-year player. Zayvon Collins with the linebackers, maybe Isaiah Simmons, depending on where they want to play him. And then you got Marco Wilson as far as the corners go. You got Christian Matthew, more of an unproven. You saw him a couple cups of coffee in 2021 or 2022, but you don't know what you're getting from a guy from Valdosta State. So you pretty much have a blank canvas outside of Marco Wilson and Zayvon Collins at those two positions, but you just still don't have the luxury going out there and overspending on Byron Murphy Jr. And that's not an indictment on Murphy Jr. I don't think that there's any issue with the games he missed. But when I just look at his entire resume as an Arizona Cardinal, I don't say, hey, 
he is worth $16 million a season like Tom Pelissaro is reporting. I just don't well, uh, for the Cardinals right now. Could they well, do it? Could they go get a, a CB2 slot corner like Byron Murphy once they rebuild this thing and they're close? Absolutely. But right now, what does it do for them? And I think a lot of it depends on where Byron Murphy goes and who he signs with. Like, I trust Doug Peterson with Christian Kirk more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury with Christian Kirk, right? I trust, let's say, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin more with Byron Murphy than I do Vance Joseph. Like, a big part of this is these young players were not developed under Vance Joseph. And I know everybody wants to throw a parade for Vance. He got the Denver job. That's great. But his biggest indictment, and we've shared this, bow with people in Denver on Denver radio, can't develop young players, right? Mm -hmm. Buda Baker, anybody could have developed Buda Baker because of his intangibles and how much he loves the game and how forthcoming he is. He's a walking coach. But some of these other guys, they need additional assistance. And how did VJ repay them? He sat him. He played, yeah. you know, Isaiah Simmons at slot corner against Travis Kelsey week one against Kansas City, then sat him. He played him week one against San Francisco his rookie year, and he got burned by Raheem Moster. And Kyle yeah. Shanahan sat him like that. That that to me, the, their philosophy on playing young players in Arizona was broken. And it so was. my hope is now is they've learned from those mistakes. This new regime will welcome rookies. You have to play rookies in today's NFL outside of Kyler Murray. You know what impact rookies have the Cardinals had in the mm -hmm. past five to ten years? It's few and far between. So, uh, again, I, I want Byron to, to get a big payday. I always want the players to go out and get as much money as they can. I know that they'll people, you know, not as much as Christian Kirk, but there'll be eyebrows raised. But I, I just, to me, it's just, I felt like this was coming. I alluded yeah. to this in my article from the NFL Combine when we were there. Like, I don't expect Zach Allen or Byron Murphy to be back. I, yeah. I think they're just going to get too much money. You've got Denver, Bo, by the way, waiting in the wings per multiple reports to sign Zach Allen with the aforementioned Vance Joseph, if Draymond Jones leaves and Draymond Jones potentially could get between 18 and $20 million, Zach Allen could slide right in there with Vance Joseph on that Denver defensive line. The, the, the Cardinals, they're not going to be playing in that ballpark with these guys. They, they would love to have them for like seven to $10 million a year. They got too many other holes to fill. They've got 51 players on the roster right now. I mean, you got to get to yeah. 90. This isn't like, yeah. Hey, you got to get to 53. They're only two away. No, they got to get to 90. And, you know, you've got 30 plus free agents. And you're not going to be able to just kind of fill out this roster with, yeah. uh, with, with rookies that you're going to draft with your right now eight picks. So, you know, an undrafted free agent. So the Arizona Cardinals have a long way to go and a, and a lot of roster to churn. But, uh, yeah, it, it is unfortunate that they let it get this far to where they, they, take these players that you you see them play and you're like they're good players they could help this team yeah. but you by letting it get to this point and letting them hit the open market uh it, it prices you out because there are teams that are sitting in situations where they have a ton of cap space and they have the luxury to overspend on those positions and uh you know Zach Allen when, when I hear that the Denver Broncos are in on a guy like Zach Allen you like you like it from a standpoint of what type of impact maker Zach Allen is when he's available on Sundays. Problem with Zach Allen is he's just not available most Sundays. He's not. He had his best career of his career, big best season of his career. He played 13 games this year. Uh, well, I'm sorry. He, he's played 15 before, but for the most part, I mean, he's a guy that hasn't played a complete season in his entire NFL career. He doesn't have, I mean, he's such a physical player. It's such a grueling uh, position playing interior defensive line. Like he does 
that, you know, it takes a toll. And, and he's a guy that, he, you know, he had career highs in sacks with five and a half, and he was swatting balls down at the line of scrimmage, and he was great when he was there. It's just he wasn't there. He wasn't available for them at the end of the year. Well, my question is, too, is he's benefited from playing next to J.J. Watt sure. last year with Chandler Jones. Like, you're paying Zach Allen if you're bringing him back and you're paying him 12 to $15 million a year to be that next guy. And I have seen nothing of the evidence that Zach Allen is going to be a seven to 10 sack guy from the five technique on your defensive line. I don't even know if he fits what they want to do. I would imagine they would have a role for him if they, if he was under contract right now that I think he would be productive for them. But again, it's the finance part of it. It's the dollars and cents. You're investing in somebody or something that is unknown. It's an unknown commodity in your system in what you want to do. Right. Zach Allen, Vance Joseph is not here anymore. Right. So I just it, to me, it just goes to the to the fact, I you know, I people ask us a lot, like, who would you rather have Byron or Zach Allen back? And I don't really know. I would, pro- you know, I go back and forth. I think, I probably Zach, first- I think Zach Allen, just yeah. because uh, I think the, the front seven, the priority of this of the new regime is is to get this front seven, at least in some sort of working order. I, I just feel like their front seven has been so uh, it's been the just deteriorating over the last couple seasons and you've been hanging on, you know, using JJ Watt as a crutch and Zach Allen when he's healthy and uh, really kind of wringing out the washcloth with a guy like Marcus Golden. And it, it, there, there hasn't been much, obviously they invested as far as, you know, some linebacking pieces, but it, there's not much to it. They've got to rebuild this thing and get some impact markers on the front seven. And then really, I think you, you rely on, your head coach in Jonathan Gannon being a DB's guy, right? Being a secondary yeah. guy where I think he's got, you know, in a good way saying cockiness to where he says, just give me give me whoever at the cornerback position and we'll coach him up, we'll develop him, we'll put him in, in, a, in a position to where they can hang at the NFL level. I, I like that about, about JG. Obviously, he's got a good idea during his time in Indianapolis, Minnesota, last Philadelphia – where I think he's got some guys probably already in mind that he can kind of get close to the same production, not better than Byron Murphy. And and that's like I said, I I don't I don't want I'm not crushing Byron Murphy. I think he I like no, you go get said, your money. I think he's gonna get paid. He deserves to get paid. I just think the Arizona Cardinals, uh, this is us complaining about our ex right here. This is us right. saying, you know, they, this is what they didn't do and us venting because there's nothing we can do about it now. And and I don't expect Monty Austin for it to have to pay up. Because Steve Kime didn't. Uh, I like this comment as cut and dry as it is from Jean Paul Edward uh, DiDios. Last year's team was four and thirteen. Don't overpay them. And again, that's not on singularly Byron Murphy and or Zach Allen. But I mean, like we've talked about it. If there was a, like a young blossoming Chandler Jones on this team, you would resign that person easy, right? Patrick Peterson. They don't have anybody like that right now. And I, you know when a guy is like special, special early on. Um, but there is a free agent that at least uh, Sports Illustrated thinks the Arizona Cardinals should target. There was an article on SI.com today breaking down one free agent every team should sign. And uh, what free agent did the uh, folks at SI think that the Cardinals should pursue? Marcus Davenport, formerly of the New Orleans Saints. He's set to be a free agent. This is from SI, Bo. The Cardinals generated, if you haven't known this already, only 36 sacks last season mm-hmm. and lost J.J. Wad to retirement. New Cardinals coach Jonathan Gannon knows the importance of having a stout pass rush after being the defensive coordinator of the Eagles 
who recorded, get this, a league-high 70 sacks in 2022. I, I, that's pretty good, I think. Davenport excels at disrupting the passer, but he struggled with consistency and availability. That's not ideal. Recording only 21 sacks in five seasons. Perhaps the former first-round pick would benefit from a change of scenery. And I like this. I like this on maybe a one- or two-year prove-it deal mm -hmm. um, that you can get them in there and maybe they fit what they want to do. We know that Gannon and company, Austin Ford especially, they value length and size. And this guy's 6'6", was once upon a time traded up for by New Orleans, uh, didn't live up to his reputation of being that high draft pick. But somebody, the, I think this is just SI trying to connect the dots. Oh, oh, Cardinals, your pass rush is shitty. Here's a pass rusher in free agency. But again, it's a moot point, I think, because I, I really like the two edge rushers they took last year. And I would like Will Anderson to be on this team. So if you factor all that in, do you need a Marcus Davenport? I don't know. Depends how much you would cost, Bo. I kind of like, I really like Marcus Davenport. I do. Okay. I, I do think when we talk about Allen and Davenport and, you know, obviously Allen is viewed more as, as an up and coming guy. Uh, but Davenport, if you can get him on, as you mentioned, maybe like a one, two, maybe if you can get a multi-year deal with this guy, that's reasonable. Uh, him at 26 years old, uh, what we've seen from Gannon's defenses and how productive they are. I mean, you do have to add in some capacity. You'd love to see a veteran to maybe couple with whatever direction they go with the, you know, if they stick and pick a third overall or whatever they do, maybe within the top 10 of the NFL draft. It's intriguing to couple him with a guy like Davenport. Like, and according to that scattering report, obviously not, you know, very productive, especially not last season. Only played in 15 games and had a half a sack. But then the previous season, he put up nine sacks in 11 games. So, uh, you know, I, I think. The talent still is there, and and can you kind of tap into that? I, I think this staff is going to have the confidence to do so, and but but we're just going to depend on how a guy, how the market for Marcus Davenport materializes here in the next couple of days. I mean, is is he going to be somebody that come 10 a.m. Arizona time on Monday morning? Are they gonna? Is he going to have people calling his phone and saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's legally tamper together and, and work out a deal uh, to become official on Wednesday." Uh, I, I'll tell you who I want to legally tamper with, uh, the folks at Circle K, because they do a phenomenal job. They're our newest partners here with PHNX. We're so yeah, excited to partner. from Circle K already. Yes, sir. We're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, the best beer. Oh. We're going to talk about that in here in a second. The best snack selection, premium gas, cheap gas. If you want it even cheaper, like for free, get this. Text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win $500 gas card. What? PHNX 31310 for an opportunity to win 500 bucks, which is going to last you a hell of a lot longer than with some other convenience stores. Um, but we're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. And again, we are... We feel like up-and-coming synonymous brand with Valley Sports. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, Circle K is the premier convenience store, bar yeah. none. We've got it's basically a delicacy here in Maricopa, my hometown, right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, where do we want to go? Well, let's grab some snacks from Circle K before right. I head up see my friends in North Phoenix. Again, text 31310 PHNX for an opportunity to win that sweet, sweet $500 gas gift card. Bo gets the snacks, I, I get the gas. Look at we'll that. See you soon, Circle K. Orange slices, naturally flavored, juicy, fruity, and naturally fat-free. I actually, 
Circle K. I was headed out to the facility to talk to the new Arizona Cardinals defensive assistant coaches today and had to oh. pull in and fill my gas tank up. So I did, of course, at Circle K and fueled myself with a little Circle K coffee as well, got me in there asking all the tough questions today, Johnny. But uh, also, you can go into their great beer selection, get yourself some Four Peaks beer. If you don't want to get it at Circle K, go get the atmosphere that you can find at Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe on 8th Street. And they've got an incredible event going on. It's unbelievable. It's the Spring Beer Dinner. You got to sign up for this thing. Get yourself tickets to it. It's the Four Peaks Spring Beer Dinner, fourpeaks.com slash events. You can go there and you can, they're doing beer pairings with all their different course meals, several courses in these meals. You've got, of course, appetizers and unbelievable entrees. And then, of course, desserts. And then they'll pair everything with their delicious range of beers with their flagship kilt lifter, all their IPAs. You've got the number one wow wheat uh, beer in the state of Arizona. And also you've yeah. got, uh, I mean, you've got the bourbon barrel selection as well that I'm sure they're going to bust out for this spring beer dinner event. Check them out on social at Four Peaks Brew. Get the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. Find more all at fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment. Got to check it out. But of course, you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. You love to see that. Uh, I also love to hear that you're at the facility today chopping it up with the new coaches for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yesterday, you had a chance to connect with, of course, Jonathan Gannon, but Drew Petzing today was the defensive coaches. But before you did that, you got to talk to Jonathan Gannon about one Jalen Carter, Bo. That's right. Jonathan Gannon was holding court, kind of talking up these defensive coaches and what made them good fits for the staff. But after it kind of transitioned off of that, I thought it was a good opportunity because we heard from Gannon last week, Johnny, when we were all in Indianapolis and he was he was talking to all the media there. Uh, that was the day before the news came out about Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter news came out on Wednesday morning. We talked to Jonathan Gannon on Tuesday. Uh, we did get to talk to Gannon again on Friday before we left, but we didn't get to talk to him about Jalen Carter. So I asked him today, you know, are you guys monitoring the Jalen Carter situation? And yeah. in his answer, he said, that's more of a Monty Ossonfort question, but we did talk to Jalen Carter. They did have a formal formal interview with the Georgia defensive tackle. They liked what they heard from him in the interview. And as far as are they monitoring him closely, Gannon pretty much said, JG said, we're just monitoring him just like we would any potential acquisition uh, for this team. Uh, it's nothing out of the ordinary. So it sounds like this is a situation that they're following along with, following a good interview in Indianapolis. They, they didn't condemn, condemn him. I, I think it would no, be easy for them to condemn him. And instead, you can check out the video. It's on our YouTube page um, about Gannon speaking briefly on Carter. Basically said they had a great interview with him. Um, I You know, and I'm sure that interview very much was boilerplate for a lot of the teams he met with. Um, I still believe he's off the table for the team, especially at three. Um, but I think the Cardinals are keeping their options open. They want, I would assume, public opinion to be, hey, yeah, we want to trade the pick, but we'll, we'll also make it, guys. No one's going to force us to trade just for scraps. And if he's the best non-quarterback, we're going to e at least make it perceived like we're interested. I think that's mm -hmm. smart because until yeah. Chicago does a deal, the Cardinals are, are hamstrung. They can't do a deal. Uh, Producer Leah, can we look at the top 10 draft order, please? Um, because I'm going to tell you right now, the Cardinals are still in the catbird seat. There's a lot of momentum on the Twitter streets, uh, around NFL circles, 
that Carolina wants to come up to three because I think they feel like realistically getting to one, even two, if Chicago goes back, is not realistic. Um, so Carolina, with Anthony Richardson potentially in mind, is the team to watch for with Arizona right now. And if you're Arizona, you want to drive a hard bargain. Oh, we're interested in Jalen Carter. We're interested in Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. We want to get the number one non-quarterback, and we got to get that person at three. Right now, on numerous betting sites, Will Anderson is minus 220 to be the first non-quarterback taken, which is interesting. So Carolina, right now, I would not be surprised if they've had conversations with Arizona, at least preliminary, like, okay, guys, assuming Chicago makes a deal with Indy or you know Vegas or somebody, what is it going to take? Um, we know definitively Monty Austin Ford was working the phones while in mm -hmm. Indianapolis about this and the Hopkins trade. So I think the Cardinals, they can be particular, and it's in their best interest to be open-minded to everything, at least publicly, Bo. Yeah, and talk to a guy like Jalen Carter, you know, after last week and, and what's going on with the allegations. And if he does exonerate himself from those and becomes, you know, in play, is his reputation tarnished enough to where if they do move down to nine, but they feel comfortable enough because they've talked to the prospect, because they've looked at all, all the, uh, I guess, all the facts as far as surrounding that case enough to move forward, then, you know, do they get an opportunity to him? falling in their lap at, you know, seven, eight, or nine. Uh, it, it's it's good that they're doing their due diligence on, on a top prospect in this draft because he remains that. I mean, it doesn't change the ass kicker that he was at Georgia, but we all know that as far as the red flags, they're certainly there. And it doesn't change a ton. I mean, obviously going from three to nine, it's still a top 10 pick that you're making an incredible risk on, a guy showing horrible judgment uh, in his role and just as, tragic incident alone i mean what else is there that they get on earth between now and the end of april i see a lot of this on twitter uh, you know you can't gift him to the seattle seahawks and i just to that i just say listen if you believe that he is not a good character guy and you can't take him you you can't look back and say no. well we should have bent our morals for the first pick in this new era because seattle was going to take him seattle's rolled the dice on on character concern guys and it's blown up in their face too so I, I think that that's you're not going to, yeah, right. So I, right. So I'm, I'm of the mindset. Don't draft, don't fear draft, like be confident in your pick. I think I agree. I'll piggyback that even more. So it's like, we, we talk about Will Anderson or anything you're convicted about these prospects. I don't think that you can operate, especially staring down a rebuild about how teams in your division could benefit from players that you don't take. I mean, right. you just can't, you can't do that. You have to make the decision that's going to be best for your franchise going forward. It doesn't matter. You can't operate. Well, we can't give Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks, this great player. They earned that pick. They knew Russell Wilson was right. washed and they earned it. So they're going to get a good player. Yeah. So you can't be of the mindset. I'm not, that, like, yeah, I'm not buying aren't gonna get a good player at five. Like, they're, they're in the top five, guys. Yeah. They're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or one of these corners because they earned it, right? No. But when the, the Cardinals, Cardinals' main concern is getting better, right? And if it's sticking right. and picking at three, taking the best prospect there, great. You can't cry about who the Seahawks get at five then. Or if they make the decision to trade three out of the top five, stay in the top ten, but it, it leaves Seattle in the position to get a top prospect in front of you, but you've got – more chances at hitting right. on future One, prospects two. later in the draft, then that's what's best for your team. It's, it's just like you, you can't have 
everything as far as, hey, you're going to get a good pick or you're going to get a good haul, and then you can sabotage Seattle at the same time. you got to focus on on your house, not somebody else's. Seattle's needs today might be different in two years. Same with the Cardinals. I think a lot of people make an argument. Maybe Seattle's roster is a little bit ahead of Arizona's. They yeah. swept them last year. So it's like you need more picks. You need more assets. If a team like Carolina is calling you and saying you get the ninth pick this year, you get you know a top 40 pick this year in the second round, you get our one next year, maybe a third as well. Like that's something you have to consider. Seattle but, just did yeah. that. They were confident. They they got shit from everybody for trading Russell Wilson. They ate right. it and they proved everybody wrong, Bo, and they hit on their picks. But you can still root for their pick to suck in bust. Well, of course. Absolutely. Of course. I think we're still all going to in unison root against Seattle because we want that pick to fail. No doubt about it. Uh, here's what I don't want to fail because it's impossible to fail is the folks at Spaghetti Shack. So we got gifted a ton of spaghetti from Spaghetti Shack earlier this week. It was the perfect way to recover from the rigors, <laughs> if you know what I mean, of the NFL Combine. And uh, we just went to town. Spaghetti and meatballs, garlic bread, a couple of their fan favorites. Fantastic. Their mission, which, by the way, they're an ASU alum, owned and operated. Good karma for tonight's matchup with the ASU Sun Devils and, um, and uh, USC. USC. Yep, their mission is to provide quality, affordable food as quickly as possible so that you can spend less time cooking and spending more time. Get this with your loved ones again. Spaghetti Shack, fantastic. I can finally do this, and it makes a little sense on the program. The Spaghetti Shack is a community-focused to-go pasta concept started right here in Tempe by five long-life friends. We're currently serving up Tempe and Queen Creek, which is close to me. It's like a 25-minute drive. We make it often, <laughs> and we hope to come to your neighborhood soon. You know, I, I've i been begging for them to come to Maricopa, yeah. and they're just like, oh, I don't know if we want to make yeah. that plunge yet. Uh, they're good but business also, people. They know, yeah. they know where to go next. <laughs> they know where, they're, sorry, where their garlic bread is by the list. Pretty yes. far down the list, unfortunately. You're going to be waiting for a while, but uh, what you don't have to wait for is getting yourself – your hands on some OGs. I'm sure you got at least a dispensary out there in Maricopa. Yes? Uh, no. no. You don't? No, 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 no. We have a, we do not. We have a gas station. Uh, we have a convenience <laughs> store in Circle K. Circle K is like my life, like my godsend here. Yeah. Because that's all we got. We don't have well, a Well, that's, that's truly unfortunate. I think we just learned like the, the worst fact about Maricopa is it, it doesn't have a dispensary. Thus, Johnny, he has to drive into town into the onto uh into an actual city to get himself some OG's brands gummies. Unbelievable. I can't believe what we just no, I Johnny, you're a liar because I just (laughs) looked up dispensaries in Maricopa and it there isn't any here. Four. You don't want to visit that. You don't want to you don't want to visit that. (laughs) Well those four locations we we just learned the truth. Johnny was wrong. He, he he rarely is on this Are show. Are you sure it's not like on the wrong. dark web? Not Emma? one, not two, not three, but four dispensaries that you could find in Maricopa where you can get yourself some OG's brands gummies. They're all about culture and everything that we do at PHNX. That's what they do. They kind of mirror it over at OG's, and it's unbelievable to kind of woven within the fabric of Arizona and PHNX and all the sports we talk about. OG's is kind of synonymous with that as well. They've got so many different great flavors and products. You got to check them out on their website, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. How about the new strawberries and cream, Johnny? You can find this at one of the four dispensaries in Maricopa. It's got the CBD to one-to-one ratio. You got to check it out. You get that happy balance. Go find them. You say, I never knew you guys were here. Hey, do you have OG's? Absolutely, we do. It's at most Arizona dispensaries, including those in Maricopa. 
It's official. Strawberries and cream, that happy balance gummies. They're live and on the shelves, Johnny. You might not believe it till you see it, but you can check them out. And as always, check out OGsBrands.com and on socials at OGsBrands. Got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. All right, I have to tell a quick Maricopa story because I hate this town. And so <laughs> it was about 11 a.m. this this morning or this afternoon, and I just hear a big burst, right? And I run outside. They're digging up cable for an internet provider that shall not be named. They hit a <laughs> pipe in my front yard. Water's going everywhere, right? Like huge gusts of water. And I'm like, what the fuck, guys? And they're like, whoops, it was unmarked. We're getting the water department down here. They shut off the water from my cul-de-sac. It's I still do not have running water. Everybody in my cul-de-sac does not have running water. The water department came up to my front door a half an hour before showtime. They're like, they fucked up. They hit something. We have to tear up your driveway. They're jackhammering my driveway as we speak to find the, the issue and fix it. They said it's all going to be fixed on you know the internet provider's dime. They're going to build them. Be fixed this time tomorrow, but that's the kind of bullshit we have to deal with. So, you know, OGs, these fine providers, yeah. these vendors, think twice before you do business with my <laughs> my account. No, wait, I haven't showered, you. Brian. I I don't know if I'm gonna shower. I might go. I might go swim in my pool. Come I, come to civilization. Come I come can't. hang out with us. All right. It's just it's I, it's people need me here. All right. <laughs> they, no, they they've shut your water off, Johnny. What else? Do I want to be do to kind of push I, you out of town. <laughs> I want to be traded to a real civilization. <laughs> you, you have you have no water? You like None. do you, nope. you have bottled water? No. no do you I drink it what I, Mountain Dew? What are you doing? I've had four Capri Suns since 11 a.m. <laughs> to stay hydrated. Um, all right. So I want to be traded to a real town. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins might be traded soon. Um, right now we know the compensatory picks are set, not only for the Cardinals, but everybody else which I think increases the likelihood we get a D-hop trade here in the coming days right before or the eve of free agency. And I was thinking, Bo, you know, I put it out there on Twitter, you know, some of the teams that are competing for D-hop, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, those are teams in the mix. I'm going to tell you right now, I, Aaron Rodgers, and, and follow me if you can on this, is, is probably going to go to the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. I think that helps the Cardinals immensely. Because I think of all the teams that are looking at Diop, New England's the most desperate. Because if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, New England is, is they're an even more of an afterthought. If you saw Hopkins' face on the Pat McAfee show yesterday when they brought up how much the folks in New England love him, he was blushing. So I, I don't know if we're overreacting to the Bill O'Brien stuff, but here's what I do know. New England has picks 46 and 76. 46 and 76. Just, just hand those over. Hand those over. We'll give you D-Hop. We can both move on amicably. You have a relationship with Monty Austin Ford. I'm not going to sit here and say I believe New England is the favorite, but they're they're a team 100% worth watching, and I we should all be rooting for A-Rod to go to the New York Jets, Bo. Yeah, because it creates kind of an arms race, right, in the division. Just like, like the NFC West did, did for the past NFC three to five West years. NFC West in 2021, uh, and then in 2022, it was the AFC West and maybe the AFC East now is that division where these teams just kind of jockey for who's going to be the team that's going to contend with the Buffalo Bills for that division. And look, the the Jets, like they feel like they're a quarterback away. And then you see the the New England Patriots who, I don't know, they're probably not completely content with Mac Jones, but there is belief within that organization that he can be the guy. They got to get him proper weapons. And, you know, it looks like Jacoby Myers is going to walk via free agency and the guys that they've had their draft picks busted and then 
free agent dollars that they've spent recently haven't exactly panned out, like a Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Uh, trading for Devontae Parker hasn't been that either. Get a proven commodity, somebody that Bill Belichick loves. Yeah, I could definitely see them moving. So you're saying a two and a three potentially for DeAndre Hopkins if, if you're saying 46 and 76. I don't think that's out of the question. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to get that, but I also think that there are multiple teams that are in on DeAndre Hopkins. And I think I think that multiple picks could be packaged. I, I, I still don't believe a first-round pick's out of the equation completely. But I think if you look at the landscape, I mean, we got Odell Beckham like holding open tryouts for teams because he's not getting a lot of interest, right? There is interest in DeAndre Hopkins. Go look up New England's starting receiving core while they're poised to lose Jacoby Myers, who, by the way, had like 800 yards last year. Devontae Parker, who's overpaid, right? They've got, you know, the undersized kid from Baylor that underperformed, I should say. I mean, they desperately need DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I I, I truly believe that their offseason and their success next year is tied to landing DeAndre Hopkins because there is no way that franchise can go into the draft thinking we're going to find a receiver. They haven't been able to do it. It's like Cardinals drafting offensive line for the last 20 years. They can't do it. They've got a hit rate of about 10%. Mm-hmm. So then you think to yourself, okay, what else is available? Nothing. Nothing's available. For them, yeah. it, it has to be DeAndre Hopkins. And I think you look at all the engagement when we tweet out sources and, and kind of what we're hearing pertaining to this news, the, the fan base that perks up the most out of everybody and, and consistently says pay, pay whatever is New England fans because they know. They know yeah. that they're not beating Josh Allen. They know that Rodgers going to the Jets is a real problem. Miami, with Tua, should have made the playoffs last year before their team fell apart. They've got weapons all over the place. I, You know, we hear shit from Bear fans and KC fans and Giant fans and Cowboy fans. The Patriot fans have been consistent. Pay whatever it costs because they have been so starved for an impact receiver. And I think Belichick hears all that noise. You've lost your way. Retire. Get out, old man. To me... D hop to the Patriots because of all the ties with Austin Ford. That had to have been the first call they make is to Bill Belichick and say, Hey, you want DeAndre Hopkins? What, what's your best offer? So then we yeah. can use a barometer to talk everybody else into it. And, and I was one of the people that said it, it doesn't seem like a match just because Bill O'Brien, right? Because Bill O'Brien was the one that sent DeAndre Hopkins packing and, and pretty much was it was kind of a slap to the face uh, to Hopkins, who was seeking a deal, and he was one of the best receivers in the league and continues to play at a high level here for the Cardinals. So why would he want to go reunite with somebody like that? Um, but it, it's, it is interesting to see New England. I think that they're, they're a very intelligent fan base, but for them to see what Tom Brady was able to accomplish without elite receivers, thinking that that's going to be the fix and cure-all for a guy like Mac Jones. But if the Cardinals can take advantage of it, do it. I mean, this is a team that has is a we kind of outline has just not been able to figure out, identify, draft, develop, or just get any type of impact making wide receivers on their team. Now, speaking of wide receivers, there was news uh, yesterday that Calvin Beecham made himself while he was joining uh, Arizona Sports yesterday. I think he was on Burns and Gambo, and yeah. and Gambo had asked him just straight up, you know, what is what is Kyler Murray? What does he need to do to take his game? to the next level, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. And and Beecham said, be a leader. And uh, and Gambo followed up, is that what he's he struggles with? He just says he needs to mature as a leader. He didn't say he's not a leader. He doesn't say that he's incapable of being a leader. 
But uh, according to, well, not according to, this is in Pick and Spreads pointed this out in the chat. And we found this, and Emma got it up on a graphic for it. This is Hollywood Brown coming to the defense of his quarterback, saying, I ain't never seen this much collusion from within. We got each other number, but steady get on a podcast or tweet shit. It'll be different if it was addressed in person first because one ain't never public bash or talk down anybody even after years of running for his life uh, at Kelvin Beecham Jr. So if we can kind of break this <laughs> tweet down I'm tired. Uh, from I can't, Hollywood I Brown. Can't you can't do any more of this. I can't do any more <laughs> of this, this Kyler Murray stuff. Like we've had Kelvin Beecham on the show. Great guy, great human being, great signing. Um, good dude. Like, let's move. Can we move on, please? And I know he got asked by 98.7. Gambo does a great job. Like, they reporters got to ask the question, 100%. Sure. But, like, could, I, I don't think Kelvin Beecham's going to be on the team next year. Let's start with that. I think Not that writing was on the wall when he received, like, the media good guy award, and he came out and pretty much – uh, talked about all the hot button issues that you know we'd seen th from training camp to them finishing the season four and thirteen. You know, calling out you know hold ins and speed racers. That's Calvin Beecham's term, and and he was talking about Hollywood Brown. I think the writing was on the wall that Beach knew his days as an Arizona Cardinal were done. Um, this was like the number two story on ESPN.com today, which is like. Come on, is it this? We got the Pac-12 tournament going on. We got Kevin Durant not doing great in in Phoenix. Like this is what we got as our number two story. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm immune to it by this point. I've heard this same shtick over and over. We all know Kyler's got stuff to work on, but then just getting this recycled in the in the news cycle, and then like of course Hollywood's going to stick up for his guy. And you know what? The truth is probably somewhere in in the middle. Kyler needs to work on some stuff but I 100% believe he's been enabled by a dysfunctional, poorly run franchise. And I'm of the mindset, if you went to some place that was more buttoned up, we've talked about this at nauseum, Bo, I think a lot of that would have been course corrected by now. Maybe not, but I, I do think that he, he lands in a Green Bay or a Pittsburgh or, or a New England or someplace like that. Things are probably a little bit different, but they hired a college coach and they enabled some of his bad habits from Texas A&M. Right. And he wasn't held accountable. And then you've got ownership that didn't know how to deal with having a quarterback of this magnitude, of this talent. They butchered the contract extension. Everybody's been embarrassed. Like, literally, Kyler and the ownership and Kime and Cliff, everybody played a part in this, right? Yeah. No one's without fault. So do I believe what Kelvin Beecham said? Of course. Of course, we've heard that from other people. But I think, like, it's March. Can we mm -hmm. move on? We dealt with this garbage January, early portion of February, we were at Radio Row. That's all anybody wanted to talk about. Can we just, can we get, I don't, I'm, I'm looking forward. I want to look <laughs> forward to the 2023 Cardinals. Sure. And I, I think this will motivate Kyler if he needed extra motivation, which I don't think he did. But it's just to me, like, let's, can we just stop? It's I'm I'm done with it. I'm over. It, it. I didn't even want to put I, it in the rundown I'm not, today. I'm not done with it. I think it's it's interesting what Beach had to say. In in I'm not can, can completely just brush it aside and say it's nonsense. And I think this is something no. I don't disagree with what he yeah. said. Let and, me and, and I don't either. I don't think it's as scathing as a, an indictment as people are making out to be. And what you know, people were clicking on to make it the second trending topic on ESPN.com. I mean, when you look right. at it, it, says for him to quote be a man and grow up. 
and that he just thinks he needs to grow up a little bit. But in between there, it says he didn't say he lacks leadership. And then he provides context to that where it's basically you're talking about a 25-year-old franchise quarterback who has, you know, on the fly have to deal with losing in a dysfunctional franchise to your point where he's dealing with an enabling head coach who hasn't put him in a position uh, to be successful and, and learn how to, to, to kind of lose gracefully and learn from losing. So it's uh, you know, I I don't completely disagree with Calvin Beecham, but he's shooting from the hip and kind of in a way that means he's not coming back. And, you know, Hopefully it's it's words that I don't think Calvin Beecham words are going to resonate with Kyler Murray. I think there's enough bulletin board material out there for him to already be motivated by that and self-motivated by that. So uh, it's just it's interesting to see Hollywood Brown come to his defense. And I think him saying the word calling Hollywood Brown or alluding to his incident and calling him a speed racer is probably why he's coming out after Calvin Beecham today. And, Cal- and Calvin Beecham has been the consummate pro. Like Cardinals were lucky to have Kelvin Beecham in their locker room. It's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I just this they don't drop it off the field. Awesome. Right. right. I'm just ready. Can we let the healing begin, please? Can we stop bringing up like no, there's there's every- still a lot of shit that you got to do. You can't just say up oh, past the past, put it under the rug here. No, you got to. You got to. Tyler knows what he needs to work on, and it sounds like he's working on it. And I'm great to see. I, I'm anxious to see where he where he goes from here. Because he's I got think, a lot of talent. I think just saying, hey, pass the pass, let's move forward, that would be something the old regime would do. Be like, up, oh, squash our hands of it. We're good. It happened yesterday. We're looking with an eye forward. I think that you you have to learn from your mistakes and you have to realize why where where your shortcomings were there. I agree with that. Nothing you're saying I disagree with. I'm I me, I'm just over the the like because this is this is a really pivotal yeah, year for case snacks. Yeah, you should have those taken away. Yes, for these terrible I got like takes, it. I got, I got the thing from Adam's family, Adam's just family. a hand crawling up on my table, trying to touch my Circle K snacks. Like, uh, do you I, think you do you think we're ever going to get a scenario in which Kyler Murray comes out, he's made some improvements, and he's like, yeah, I had to be better. Do you think he'll ever admit it fault in that? Um, like yeah, I wasn't I, like two years from now. It's like, man, I had a lot of growing up to do. I I had some bad habits. But I've come a long way, and it's don't, because don't guys. most people do that? Like look back at when they know. were twenty five, and then when they're maybe thirty, they're like, "Man, I, yeah, I definitely would have done it differently if I had uh, a more mature skill set, a more evolved skill set at that point." Yeah, I don't know. I'm over it. I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> it like I saw yesterday, and people were tagging me on. I'm like, "What do you want me to do with this?" Like, Kelvin Beecham's a good dude, and he's probably hundred percent. He's he's on the money, but what what can you do about that if you're Kyler Murray other than keep doing what you're doing? And and um, yeah, I want new players on this team. Can we get new players, please? Just new yeah. players and and a new mindset that doesn't have the lingering effect of Kime and Cliff and everything. I get a, uh, I get it, a real like Vance Joseph vibe from Calvin Beecham, don't you? Like as far as off the field, uh, I think he says all the right things, but as far as the performance in game, like you still feel like it could have been better. You can find better in the NFL. I think Josh Jones is ready to take that baton or Paris, Paris Johnson, Jr. Get that big mauler in here. Six, seven. I need some, I need some ass kickers. I mean, Car- Beecham was good. I'm not going to like for me to come up here and say, Kelvin Beecham was not a good player. That's a lie. He was, yeah. he was a really good player two years ago. And he, he was one of the best leaders they've had in their locker room. Um, 
And so good luck to, to Calvin Beecham. I hope he gets to continue playing pro football. Good luck to us. We're at gophnx.com. You can become a diehard today. 20% off all future merchandise. 20% off all future events. Cop a free hat and or shirt. Every year you're a diehard. Hang out in the exclusive member Discord. Check out the phenomenal work of our talented many writers, including, including uh, PHNX Cardinals beat reporter Howard Balzer. Slam that promo code H-O-W-A-R-D. Um, it's great to see Hollywood stand up for Kyler Murray, though. But it's like, Hollywood, hey, Hollywood, like, this is a big year for you too, man. Like you were hurt last year, you know, Cliff who wanted you and Kime who traded for you, they're gone. I think we yeah. talk about that a lot. Like with Kyler, like the old regime is gone, but at least but isn't Kyler it, has the security of the, of the contract. Hollywood. Yeah. Does not. It, but isn't it, it's gotta be frustrating to, to go to battle with these guys, lack of a better term, right. For 17 games. Uh, and, and, People, there's all this noise, obviously, and, and guys are going to bat for Kyler Murray. And then, you know, we talk to guys like Zach Kurtz and James Conner, and, and they stick up yeah. for him. And then you got somebody with Calvin Beecham who was in that locker room for so much, so long, and he could have said something, but instead he decides to speak through the media. I think Hollywood Brown, who's one of those guys who stuck up for him, he said he's one of the most lovable guys you'll meet in Kyler Murray. Uh, and, and obviously, there's a there's a deep relationship there, but. I'm, I'm sure he's just frustrated. Like, uh, here's another one. And, it, and this time it's not just from some rando media guy. It's, it's not some rumor that, that was leaked by, you know, uh, s- some sources within the organization. No, this is a guy coming out that, that you played with that's, that's saying some, some very unflattering things about your guy, Kyler Murray. Um, Odell Beckham on Friday. It's going to be holding an open workout. You know where that's going to be at? Is it here? Arizona. Mm-hmm. You gonna go? No. You gonna check it out? You think the Cardinals will be there? No. Better question. You don't think the Cardinals are gonna be at Odell Beckham's why? open workout? Why would they? Why would they want? What would they, could they do with Odell Beckham Dude, Jr.? Man. If the Cardinals aren't at Odell Beckham Jr.'s workout Friday, that's a pretty big indictment. That's like down the street from them. They're not gonna send a scout down there to look at Odell Beckham. Sure. Oh man, you're not. If, if they send somebody and he, if he, if he if he looks really good, what what's that gonna? Are they gonna overpay for him? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It was in Arizona. I guess he trains here. Somebody very told dehydrated me right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any water. <laughs> I can't defend Kyler Murray like I want to because I'm dehydrated. I'm like I'm malnourished, like our friend Shane Diefenbach. How, how on a scale of one to ten, how malnourished is Shane in Vegas right now? He's malnourished at the combine. Then uh-huh. he had to run it back to Vegas this week, and he's preparing for a game for the Sun Devils tonight <laughs> that literally starts at one a.m. Uh, I, I pray for that man. I pray. For yeah. Him. We we all should. You, your family, the Diefenbach family. We're you're all we're all thinking about you, sending you positive thoughts and vibes. You got you're you're sitting there drowning and downing a coffee before the show, just dehydrating yourself even more so. And then we got we're Shane, who's probably drinking one of those yardsticks of uh, margaritas. Oh, those are great. You're you guys are probably not doing yourselves any favors. Um, we're gonna do you a favor, everybody here in the chat. 173 of you, we love you all. Like this video. Do us a favor. Go to gophnx.com, but also check out the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Ever heard of it? Check it out. Search it right here. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe now. Listen, I feel like I'm saying this every month because it's true. We're coming off our best month in February, and that's because of all of you. We love you so much. We've got more fun content planned. We're going to have more insight and information pertaining to our NFL draft party in the coming days, so stay tuned um Bo do you think we get a Hopkins trade before Monday 
No. But it could be Monday morning. That was when they when they pulled the deal off for the Cardinals for him to come over for David Johnson in a second and a fourth. Uh Odell Beckham Jr., 30 years old. I just I don't know like going into a rebuild, why you would go and entertain adding a 30 year old receiver coming off an ACL injury and that you know what he brings along with him. He wants to go in pretty much title chase at this point in his career. It's just I think that they they're realistic with who they are as a team right now, and they're not in the they're not going to vie for Odell Beckham Jr. services at this point. There was a trade earlier today. There was a safety that got traded. You see that? Yeah. We can't get one of those tasty little trades before free agency starts. <laughs> You're just jonesing for some, some action. Yeah. Oh man, we've had Look, nonstop action. This is the like calm before months. the storm. I mean, as the Arizona Cardinals have a long way to go for feeling their ninety man roster this training camp so they've got a they're going to add and they're going to make a ton of moves they're going to make it's not going to be like big quality names like i would be shocked if they did get into the the conversation with the marcus davenport like we talked about earlier uh but they're going to add a lot of new names to this roster and it starts as early as monday morning and come tomorrow those are we're going to talk and give you a bunch of names that you should be looking forward to and kind of uh keying in on this nfl free agency period it's an exciting time to be an Arizona Cardinal fan. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I am Thirsty Dom. I'm thirsty for news. I'm thirsty <laughs> for trades. Keep it locked in at Bo Brock. I'm at Johnny Venerable. We're back to put a bow on this week. Manana, have a good evening, everybody.